So let's get straight into it. We're joined on the line by Nkosi Jongeliso Pokwanagaminziwa, who's the director at Vusizwe Foundation for Historical Research. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Morning, morning, and morning to your listeners. Right. I mean, let's get straight into it. When we talk about traditional leadership, what exactly are we referring to? <clears throat> We're referring to the, um, you know, an ancient African government system, uh, you know, that we've all, always had here. Societies, African societies, always had their own government systems, which uh, in the pre-colonial Africa had a, a king or a ingos at the top, and that person performed really the the, the dual uh, responsibilities of being a spiritual leader of those people as well as a, a government leader of those people. So what when we're talking about Ubukos uh, or traditional leadership, we're talking about that institution that has lived through the 350-odd years of, uh, you know, of colonialism. Mm. And now today we live in a Western um, democratic society where it is pretty obvious that this uh, structure of traditional leadership is now in the back seat, and that uh, politics um, from a, um, a governance perspective and the politicians are those who run the show. So where does this traditional leadership fit in in our society? Mm-hmm. Basically more, you know, <clears throat> even the government, even the democratic, uh, the principles, um, you know, the hallmarks of the, of the democratic system, um, they are modeled on an ancient African, on an ancient African government system, which governed by by by, by consensus, where you would have um, a, a people, you know, a, a, com- a council of people sitting around representing the various uh, sectors of society to ensure that uh, all the voices were heard and, and and people's interests were taken at heart. But obviously, what has then happened now? Is that the the, the, the centralization of money uh, in 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 the in the power dynamics of society has eroded um, that that ethical conduct of leaders, which has led us to the question you are asking: Then where do traditional leaders fit in? Because traditional leaders are not in charge of of uh, of the fiscals; they are not in charge of the you know government uh, budgets and all of that. Mm. But they are politicians. So the politicians, what they've done is they've moved away, they've moved out of the system, of the central table of government. They've moved the traditional leaders out of that because the traditional leaders, uh, you know, for for a long time have have been uh, the vanguard of society to ensure that the, the people's interests are represented because traditional leaders are embedded amongst the people. Uh, they are nothing without the people. They rely on the, on, on the collective will. Uh, and direction of the people. Mm-hmm. So, so what has happened is that personalities have then been moved out of this, and what you will see that in the democratic South Africa, things have moved so fast in the past in the past twenty-five years, such that whatever little powers we had have now been uh, also taken away, and 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 it's just a tokenist uh, in a size government concern, just mm-hmm. a tokenist position. Mm-hmm. But in communities, the communities themselves. They respect uh, and they have high regard for their traditional leaders mm-hmm. because they regard those traditional leadership uh, uh, positions as sure, uh, sure. running uh, uh, offices for the administration of the villages. I actually want to talk about the people because, I mean, in layman's terms, if I say I'm a king or a queen, it must be of a group of people within a particular area. Um, so who are these traditional leaders? Who do they represent? I mean, do they have people that they can call 
um, their people or is it a constituency? I mean, how does it work in, 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 in the current setup? So, Mo, you know, the, the, I always say to people, if people doubt, uh, you know, the recognition of traditional leaders, primarily by their own people, you must come to our event when we're doing traditional events. If we are, for instance, uh, the Bavenda, Hmm. Then uh, when the king of the Bavenda does uh, a Bavenda traditional uh, event, maybe something to, to the effect of heritage or something, hmm. go there and see the thousands of people that will come there and pay homage to their traditional leader, to their culture, to their customs. Hmm. Because it is not about the person. It is about... The, the, remember, these positions are, are hereditary. They are, they, are, they, are, they are hereditary. So whether you may like the incumbent or not, but you must respect the office. Because this is the office that is the center of your of your tribal uh, affairs, right? So, 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 yeah. so the, mm. the constituencies, if you if you like, they derive from the people that form part of that uh, of that of that of that tribal nation. So let's say I am a Tswana speaking South African, or uh, I'm a Kosa speaking South African, but I live in Rustenburg or in Clifton. And maybe I'm not really, you know, aware of what's going on. How should I interpret uh, these 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 traditional leaders and these monarchs? Um, should I say that's my king or that one is my queen? You know, just practically speaking, how do we look at it? If you are in Mutuana, <clears throat> but then you relocate to 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 live uh, in the Eastern Cape, for instance. Mm. Uh, under the Abatembo Kingdom, mm. when you come here traditionally, when you come here. Uh, somebody must, in the same way that when you visit another country, there, there are those diplomatic documents that you must fulfill. So even uh, traditionally, you must be coming to someone here who is going to, who, whom you are going to live under their auspices. And that person takes you and reports to the, to the uh, sub-village uh, head. The sub-village head will report to the chief of the village to say that there is this new uh, person that lives here. Then once you have been uh, incorporated in that way, you are part of the Abatemu. Your affairs, your traditional affairs will be administered. You will continue to pay homage to your traditional leader back home mm. because that is where your your spiritual side of things comes from. Because here, we're not going to officiate on your rituals, for example, because you come from another tribe that has got its own set of rituals and so on. All right, we're going to take a pause there. We've given uh, some great context. Um, courtesy of Nkosi Jongiliso Pukwana. Uh, of Guamenziwa, uh, and uh, he's of the uh, Vusizwe Foundation for Historical Research as a director. That's the opening sort of conversation around this. What are your own personal views, your thoughts, what you have heard, maybe what your elders have explained this setup to be like, or maybe you've just done your own independent research? 089-110-3377. The role of traditional leaders and monarchs in South Africa. Where do they fit in our society? All right, we continue with our conversation. Joining us on the line is Nkosi Jongisilo Pukwanagamenziwa, director at the Vusizwa Foundation for Historical Research. Traditional leadership in South Africa. Yes, symbolic figureheads, but where do they all fit in our society and in our structures today? And do they ever say in anything? Hmm. I'm quite curious about the legitimacy of kings or queens. H- how do we know that a certain king or queen is legitimate? Is there a way of testing that? And what about certain tribes that uh, may have more than one royal family? Um, I, 
I always get confused, um, you know, because you, you'll find that so-and-so is king and so-and-so is king, but they're all a part of one tribe. So how, how do we measure that separation of powers and how do we manage it? <laughs> you know, um, that question basically uh, derives from contestations. Contestations on positions of traditional leadership, mm-hmm. um, they predate our memory. There's always been contestations, but what used to happen in the days of old, because land was still largely vacant, people were fewer. Uh, so people, you know, if if there were two sides, two sons of the one traditional leader who were now uh, quarrelling about succession, hmm. one would be defeated and one would uh, would then move and go and settle elsewhere. But you, you are asking about uh, testing the legitimacy. Mm. Now, uh, tra- positions of traditional leadership, because they are, they are hereditary, and, uh, and uh, with the understanding that not all things are totally bad. You see, during the times of colonialism, mm. these magistrates did document a lot of our, uh, of our lineages, of our genealogies. And if you go to the archives, you will find a lot of those records today that at least will give us a basis mm. of uh, starting a debate about who then, you know, what what kingdom or what chiefdom uh, has some legitimacy. And and those records that do help a great deal because they do detail. I mean, even black writers like uh, Soka, Khubusana, and many others, they have written uh, in, the, in the mid to the late 1800s a great deal about about our genealogies, trying to trace back, delving deep into the memory of the elders at that time. So those records do help a great deal to to, to at least give light. Mm. 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 All right, we're going to go to Ashley in Soweto. Ashley has called in. Uh, Ashley wants to be a part of the conversation. Ashley, good morning. Thanks for calling in. We are joined on the line by Nkosi Jongisilo Pokwanagamenziwa. Go ahead. Good morning, Mo. How are you? I'm very well, and you? I'm good, my brother. Mm. Mo, um... Look, uh, uh, it's just a comment or a concern, I should say, that um, I've realized that this, this, this people have become very, very uh, politically involved um, in a way that it, it, it has now deviated from them raising uh, the people. Because I would think that um, one of the key purposes of them being there as the leaders is to serve their community. But uh, because of the powers they hold, they, they turn out to be influential to the communities in terms of who support who politically. And and the other thing is um, who holds them accountable for for what they do. I uh, I would say for example the thing was 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 uh, was threatened for almost fifteen years. Um killing the people and Mm. And, and all that. Um, the question now comes back to saying, uh, is there structures that are in place to hold these people accountable mm. sure. when when this kind of thing happens? It's an interesting, you know, it's an interesting where, point you, you raise, Ashley, and I'll just pause you there for a second for the sake of time, but I think we get the, the gist of what you're saying. Uh, here's a point here. <laughs> When uh, the kings, the queens, the traditional leaders get involved in politics at some or other level, um, and it opens up another whole, you know, dynamic. What's your response to that? The involvement of any traditional leader, any self-respecting traditional leader, on 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 the internal affairs of political parties, 
is, is, is something totally regrettable. We're not supposed to be getting involved in, in active party politics. Mm-hmm. Because everybody is supposed to be working at the great place uh, and everybody is supposed to be treated equal. For example, if it's campaigning time, political party X, political party Y, if they want to come on Tuesday for a meeting, on Wednesday for whatever, they, they, they should. You know, that nobody should be taking preference on one political party over the other. But I must just uh, say this. This is part of the uh, uh, societal co- co- contradictions that are arising out of the system we have, which I was explaining earlier about even the role of those traditional leaders. Because having been removed as the vanguard of society, having been silenced, all powers uh, uh, to that effect taken away from them, now, this is, some of them are doing this uh, in desperation because they don't see another way of surviving, of maneuvering their voices and all of that. You will remember there's over 2,300 uh, traditional leaders in South Africa. So you can't have a single-minded group of 2,300 people. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just want to ask in terms of um, roles. So you find that there are kings and then there are chiefs. So what separates them or what makes them different and what are their different roles um, in, in, in their respective communities? During the times of wars, um, many tribes that, were, that had enjoyed autonomy decided to come together. Some of them, it was a, a, an agreement. For instance, if you read the story of the Basutu, it would be an agreement that, you know, let us rally ourselves as, as these tribes under one, one uh, traditional leader that we then elevate amongst ourselves. Mm-hmm. But in, in the, so, that, so that those people can fight to defend their territories and to offend others uh, uh, whenever need arose as, as, as that big unit. The others was uh, out of uh, Congress, pure Congress, you know, mm-hmm. exerting power over this tribe and that tribe and then taking them over. But what then happened is that those traditional uh, leaders, those chiefs, if you were, or those in course, then elevated, were elevated automatically because they subjugated others under them. Now, the role of the king then, because those ones became the kings, the role of the king becomes to, to sort of like supervise the entire collection of these semi-autonomous tribes mm-hmm. under yourself. Mm-hmm. Because if you talk about the Abatembu kingdom, for example, it's not all of them Abatembu. It's, it's the Lamini, the Subis, you know, all the different tribes that are under that kingdom. So they are, they are semi-autonomous because they do their own uh, tribal rituals and all of those things. But when the king rallies the kingdom together for a specific purpose, we all then go and submit to the king. Sure. So the king brings everybody together, the, 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 the chiefs or Amakos, then oversee the various territories to make sure that all the affairs of the people are addressed, including, for instance, even dealing with these uh, uh, troubles that we have with local government, because a lot of what we deal with has to do with local government, really, and how things are not happening in our villages. Mm. You know, the, 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 the incos, you've got the, the Induna, the, 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 the subheadman, who is just looking after an area of the village. And that is the first step. You know, if something happens, that's where the things are taken to. Absolutely. Sure. We're going to pause there, but what a fascinating discussion mm, that mm. we cannot leave here. Absolutely not. Um, but yeah, at least it's a start and uh, it gives us something to work with and other sort of uh, ideas and uh, conversation ideas to have around this discussion. Ngosi Jongisilo. We appreciate your time. Yeah. Director at uh, Vusizwe Foundation for Historical Research. Thank you so much for making time to speak to us.
So fascinating. Absolutely. I'm thinking of Ifalake and Queen Ibanati <laughs> and the Conquered Nations, you know? Yeah, yeah sure, bringing sure, back sure. Those, those visuals. Yeah, in whatever way. Uh, if anything, I hope you're inspired to do a bit more research around this mm. stuff. We are done. We need to get out of here. I believe yep. Kupedi is on standby for news. As always. All right. So good morning. Good day and good vibes.